This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? Very well. How was your weekend? Uh, it was good. Uh, the last weekend with the kids, um, I wanted to try and find some way to lock them in so they couldn't go to school, but they weren't having it. So... <laughs> So now I face lonely days with no children, and that's not fun. I may get more work done now, though. That's kind of good. <laughs> and we are joined by Mariangela Ferrario, who is in Bonjour. Lancaster. <laughs> yes. Hello. Welcome. Doing? We're doing good. very well. So we're mostly out of our bubbles now, but we've been stuck in our bubbles with our family in our safe spaces for for this time and and you're still in your in your bubble how's it going it's going okay uh so i mean if we're talking about bubble my very small bubble is very very sound and quite beautiful i'm fine um i live in the northwest of england and the weather has been absolutely incredible and i have access to fields with cows birds and everything so it's good for me uh, but that in a very, 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 very tiny bubble. If you look a little bit broader than that, it gets a little bit creepy. <laughs> yeah, and unsettling. Are you working from home? Yes, I'm working from home, and we never really stop working from home. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm an academic. <laughs> You're getting out and getting some exercise? And that is the beauty of it. I mean, we've all the... Um, with all the problems that we had here, the beauty is I can just walk and run in the field, cycle. And even when we were in the lockdown, we were kind of allowed to take uh, in our exercise per day. And uh, that has been perhaps the highlight of, uh, of the past few weeks. And I discovered because you discover the same places at different speed. So sometimes I run it, sometimes I cycle it, sometimes I just walk it. So you really discover different dimension of the places that are really familiar to you. And that was it's lovely, yeah. You introduced a word to me, which sounds rude, but it isn't, a Swedish word for running. Fartlek. Fartlek. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually is um, is a technique to to build up in endurance for marathon running. And it's um, you, yeah. You run, you run fast and then slow. 
or something? Yeah, no, it's a beautiful, but you have to do it in teams and you can't do it during lockdown. Oh, no. <laughs> no. So, so what, the, the way it works is that uh, because training for marathon is really boring. So what you do, you just grab a bunch of friends and uh, you go off and start running. And at some point, somebody decides to just sprint and perhaps decide to sprint to the next tree or next lamppost. And everybody follows and then you slow down again. So usually it's just like an hour, an hour, an hour and a half uh, training session, but that is in teams. And sadly, you cannot do it now like that. So you're out doing that by yourself? Yeah, all by myself. <laughs> That's the song. Liesel Mitchell is a downtown dweller, urban explorer and conversationalist observing city life in lockdown. Hi there, everyone, out there in the bubble land, which is slowly becoming, I guess, a big bigger bubble than it was before as we pop our bubbles and experience some sort of bigger worlds right now. Hi, Liesl here. Yes, in case that wasn't clear. Of course it was clear, but it's always nice to introduce yourself. You know, I think that's an important thing to do. And in this day and age where we're not really um, quite as uh, capable of, or not really supposed to, uh, kind of greet each other with as much love and enthusiasm as we were before maybe physically giving each other a hug or a, a hongi or a kiss or uh, whatever whatever way you sort of familiarize yourself with people or greet um, a lot of that is having to be put on ice as we navigate this new landscape so here I am in virtual world just acknowledging you all with a big hug a virtual hug and uh, maybe that's the way we're going to have to do it for a little while. Um, I wonder how you are experiencing this new world of Level 2. Um, one of the things I'm really noticing, weirdly, is my senses. Now, I don't know, this, is, this has been, <laughs> this whole experience just continues to sort of like uh, intrigue, astound, challenge, um, and inspire in many ways but definitely a lot of reflection on what's been going on for me and uh, I think one of the things that I've been noticing is senses so I found noise in particular and I wonder how others are experiencing this um, has been something that I'm heightened my awareness has been heightened around and uh, I'm noticing from where I live here in the, the urban jungle, the sprawl of Dunedin, the in the zoo loftier here, that, um, that seagulls in particular I have noticed are extremely loud and I don't know if it's just the fact that as uh, over the last few weeks there wasn't much traffic, there wasn't much noise, so just things like seagulls which would always maybe make a lot of noise just sound a lot louder or whether there has been actually a lot more sort of um, just general bird activity and I'm guessing that the the seagulls are probably have been feeling the pinch a little over the last few weeks as their normal scavenger routes had been uh, interrupted, schools shut down, um, the cafe scene gone, uh, even you know just sort of like restaurants and places out on the 
uh, in George Street and that probably put their rubbish out and they could enjoy the rubbish or the rubbish that was in the rubbish bins. Um, no access, no access to any of this stuff because there were no people. So I'm guessing seagulls were a bit angry about that. Uh, I was probably hearing their hungry squawks. But yeah, I've noticed that uh, the sound of other humans also is um, is definitely something that I'm very aware of too because having sort of been particularly in my, as I've experienced, my own little bubble with uh, no, other, no other humans, when I've been going out uh, for walks in the morning, I suddenly notice if there's other people on the street and they're talking, just how loud people's voices are. And perhaps again, when there's not a lot of traffic, when there's not a lot of other noise going on, you just, um, the whole experience is sort of heightened, whereas normally you might have a number of people walking on the footpath, the, the cars are going past, everyone's chatting, nobody really picks up on one particular conversation or even really notices, because it just blends into the general sort of like background hum, I guess, of life as we knew it. But um, as the streets have been more quiet, uh, of course that is changing again now, but I have noticed just that one or two people on the footpath, maybe three blocks away from me, is just this deafening din of conversation. So I wonder if, um, you know, when you kind of withdraw certain things from your life, um, other things become more heightened, but also when you sort of start to reintroduce these things, it can become a huge sensory sort of like experience. And I think that's part of what probably we're all experiencing as we're coming back into level two. Just a totally sort of like um, stimulating landscape that maybe is different from what we've been experiencing over the last few weeks. And getting used to that again just takes a little bit of a little bit of time. Anyway, that's another little wrap up from Liesl here. Uh, wishing you all a gorgeous afternoon and um, looking forward to the next conversation. Take care out there. So I know what you're working on, or generally, actually I don't know what you're working on. What are you working on? At the moment, uh, my focus is primarily run-of-the-mill academic work. Like So, uh, the, so right now, uh, it's about uh, making sure that the students, the final year students have the vivas, so I'm uh, um, reading their thesis and uh, assessing them, as well as uh, tutoring my PhD students on a variety of topics. And that's perhaps the most the topics I'm treating with them are the most interesting ones, perhaps. Uh, broadly speaking, I'm interested in the aspect of human values in software production. And um, so that's what I've been doing in terms of research. Currently, with one of my PhD students, Lucy Hunt, we are looking at whistleblowing in, uh, in software and software production, uh, which is a very, very interesting area and um, not a huge amount of work has been done there. With another student, we are looking at um, adoption of uh, Agile in, um, in uh, Saudi Arabia. 
Um, since we, the, the PhD student Fahad is uh, from South Arabia, and the, the intuition is that Agile is built on a set of cultural values that are very Western, and uh, they are not particularly suitable or not very transferable in different culture. Um, so his interest is to see what works, uh, how Agile, say for example, which is a software development methodology, is um, translated in different cultural setups. Um, and then there are uh, other students that are finishing off their, their work. But these two topics are quite new and I find them very exciting. So that's, that's pretty much what I'm looking at at the moment. You've had a, a varied background, including okay. you, you were involved in setting up Transition Towns Ireland? Yeah, in Derry, in um, Northern Ireland, yeah. So there's always been a, a very much a, a values focus? Always, always. My first degree was in philosophy and uh, social psychology. Um, and uh, we we're talking many years back, and I was uh, looking at the biases um, uh, between Italian, I'm Italian, and uh, my first degree was in Italy, Milan, uh, was looking at the biases between Italians and uh, cognitive biases between Italians and uh, North African immigrants. So start looking at unconscious biases and categorization forms, and then, um, and then everything I've been doing has been always around um, the thinking of human beings and the way they communicate. And since that, I started traveling. I left Italy in the mid '90s for Ireland. Um, that were, was when the the dot com boom was really starting. I got quite obsessed by everything that had to do with the internet and the web as a mean of communication. So, uh, so then I transported my interest for the aspect of uh, um, cognitive ways of working, biases, anything within the frame of um, the new technology. And so that's what I have been doing since then. Do you think that technology has responded well to the COVID pandemic? Oh, wow, you're opening a Pandora box <laughs> because uh, oh, there is quite a lot of activity I'm doing a bit aside my normal working pattern. Um, I'm very interested in responsible digital practices because um, I'm completely linked to the aspects of uh, human values in software production. So to give an answer to um, your first question is that technology has been an immense crutch, an immense help uh, uh, for keep the human communication and uh, and sustain some form of quality of life, particularly in the West, to maintain some quality of life and uh, working 
uh, going. Like, say, for example, we could not be speaking now if it wasn't for a technological platform, we could not be working. And that is wonderful. Uh, there has been an acceleration in skilling up people and things like that. But on the other side, it became very apparent that the, the platform we mostly rely upon uh, do have some fundamental issues uh, because they're being developed uh, with certain value set and by certain type of, um, let's say, corporations that. Um, may not fully respect some critical civil liberties that we should be, be really respecting. So on one side, really, yes, it shows the power of technology. On the other side, um, it shows the flaws that um, uh, uh, the flaws and the, 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 the shaky foundation the current platforms have been built upon. Ride a rainbow, come with me I will take you to the magic purple sea Maybe we will find a thousand sugar fish When you eat them they will grant your every wish And if you want your friends to come Then bring them all along Catch a star, then walk my way I will take you where the night is always day You can follow me if you really try Maybe we will find a rainbow to teach it to fly And if you want your friends to come Then bring them all along Take you through the magic dancing wood I will take you where the goblins are all good I will take you where the elves and pixies sing I will take you round the magic fairy ring And if you want your friends to come Then bring them all along Islands close on down Where we're going You won't need to bring your frown You will find that all the things that I have said 
will come true when you are lying in your bed. And if you want your friends to come, then bring them all Another excellent song but is Fairy Tale Lullaby by John Martin. It's so sweet. It's beautiful. It talks about rainbows. One of the things I found really interesting um, is we've been going through this pandemic thing and, and watching everybody using the internet to communicate with each other, um, to maintain relationships, to find facts, to to stay informed and connected. Is I've come to really see that as a community, as a society, a lot of people, especially in our age group, don't seem to have discernment. They don't they don't know how to fact check things. They don't think to fact check things. If, if enough people say a thing to them, then that becomes their truth. But they can't explain why. I found that really fascinating to watch all that happen. And, and kind of scared, actually. Uh, you know, it's interesting because uh, it, it made me realize of the bubble I live in because uh, the people I know, they don't, they don't believe <laughs> in what is shared online. They, 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 they use critical assessment. But the same time, and then, and then the same time, I say, "Oh my goodness me!" The stuff. What was it? There was a a, a video that went viral, the pandemic video, which I didn't even watch because, yeah, it's conspiracy TV. And uh, I mean, I I'm no expert in that, and the study must have been done. It's because. Uh, we are probably conditioned to believe in a certain type of medium. Uh, say, for example, what do you see on screen? What is presented with a certain type of rhetoric? Uh, we are used to believe it. And then there is all the theory of con conspiracy theory, how they work. So when people lose control of the reality, they're desperate to find um, reason for what that for the reason for what that reality is happening explanations and if there is no trust in government and in uh, the mainstream media i mean that goes like a wildfire i mean everybody wants to know what is happening and because the time is uncertain any explanation will go and the shadier and darker probably the better no, it seems. Uh, uh, there is certainly a warmth uh, that you feel and you experience, particularly within your in-group, I, I mean, extended in-group of neighbours and close family friends and, and so forth. Um, when you speak with them um, remotely, there is always that sense of melancholy and um, longing to be together that perhaps before wasn't there. And there is a sheer joy as well that I notice. And again, it's not a trend, it's more an experience. There is a sheer joy 
of just seeing in the street somebody that you know, uh, like bumping into somebody, um, maintaining a distance, is um, yeah, is that joy and uh, the uh, revaluing the 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 friendship and the connection human connection and the ones that i would not like to keep is actually is the the other side of the coin is that yeah the, we may feel this warmth for our in-group but there is more um distancing from uh, people that we don't perceive as part of our safe bubble whether that bubble is big or not so uh um so yeah i mean the, 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 there, there have been instances particularly i noticed in conversation in conversation i see on social media uh, from from people in italy particularly where uh, people are getting really angry at people not uh, respecting uh, social distancing and uh, um, doing risk-taking. So there is a bit of um, a two side of the coin, warmth for people you can trust and uh, distancing from people that may not be part of your bubble. It was interesting on last Thursday, the day that we came into, went down to level two, which basically meant we could move out of our bubble, but instead it's, it's moved us to a, a safe interaction. Um, but it meant mm. that we could hug people that weren't directly in our bubble. So like parents and children that don't live live home. And I, th I think that the 14th of May should be declared a national holiday forever, National Hug Day. Um, <laughs> but it was a strange mixture of joy and apprehension it was an interesting tension that there was this joy of being you know able to, to to go back to the shops and you know in a kind of managed way but 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 also it was kind of scary there's all of a sudden there's all these people out again yeah completely completely agree with you i mean here for example we moved from stay at home to stay alert a very confusing message so the reality is not changed much for us uh, but quite a lot of people i know and in general um yeah there is still that sense of awkwardness to uh to to move out and make contact to the point that one of the things that for me is most excruciating because uh, I mean I'm in the UK and my family my close family is in Italy I've no idea when I'm going to hug them I've no idea and some of them are in the mid late 70s and that um particularly when everything started that was incredibly worrying and um and i thought at the very start if there was a measure of success of all this and my biggest wish would be that uh when we get out of this whoever is in 12 18 months or three years every single person i know is still around for me, that would be the measure of success. That's the only thing I want out of this this time. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, that, that's what I call about. If, if you stick with your small bubble, I'm lucky. I'm, uh, I mean, I can cope very well with the situation. But then the second that I raise up a bit, there is that heaviness on my heart that I think, where I'm going to see my family? Where I'm going to have these hugs? Where I'm going to experience the, ma the magic of seeing a friend uh, that I haven't seen for a while. I mean, so I was um, I was speaking with one of my best friends who is from um, Alaska, and uh, she lives in Northern Ireland. And she she rang me up, and uh, I was saying, you know what? I find it very difficult to, to connect via Zoom and social media with the people I care. Uh, I find it exhausting. Uh, because for me, uh, since I've been away for so long from home and from my friends that who are around the world, for me the best communication is is that magic of uh, sharing the space together, even not talking. I, I I get so much more from being with somebody than uh, than talking. And then she said, oh, you're talking about love language. I said, what are you talking about? I'm not talking about love language. I said, yeah, 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 it's about that. Uh, there are different people have different ways of communicating. And there is people that are like the verbal communication over people that prefer, um, I don't know, giving, sending gifts. And other people that just want to stay with people and that's, your love language so i'm completely deprived of my love language at the moment but you can look forward to a time when perhaps that sort of stuff is recognized as being more important and we have to slow down so your your yeah. goal of setting up a research retreat in italy oh might, shall we do that <laughs> might not just be a, a dash through for the weekend by the time we all Are get through quarantine and so nail. on, it might be for some might be for quite some time. You hit the nail because that's something I keep on talking about with my brother who lives in Italy and who is also a is a senior software developer who has a mixed relationship with his profession. And I say, come on, come on, let's just identify some I don't know places we can rent and take a bunch of uh, academic and scientists for uh, a meaningful retreat. So um, watch this space. Absolutely. Just give yeah. us some warning. <laughs> Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou no mihi aroha nui ki koutou ko I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful, amazing superstars. And I hope that today has been the most incredible day for you. A day of reunion, a day of reconnection, a day of recalibration, a day of celebration, a day of reflection, a day of perfection, a day of joy, a day of freedom, a day of release, and a day of great happiness and peace for you all as we go even further into level two and i have loved level three and i have loved level four 
but I'm now at a stage in my life where I'm just loving it all. I'm so grateful for all the ups and downs. I'm so grateful for all of the roller coasters of emotion. I'm so grateful for all of the constant learning. And I'm so grateful that I can pass my learning on. And I'm very grateful for this show. It's been really wonderful for me to think about my five minutes every day. And I thought that we could really enjoy delving and diving together today into our wonderful, exceptional ability as a species of animal connected to all life in an infinite web as a product of literally billions of years of co-evolution, our ability to find and keep aspects of the world around us and think about what do we want to celebrate finding from this really fascinating time that we've been in together and what do we want to celebrate keeping as we move forward into greater and greater freedom and learning in level two so something that i have really enjoyed finding in this time is even though like all of us i have had great roller coasters of emotion around the uncertainty of everything I have found that I have got through and I have found that I have all the skills I require and I have found that I have skills that I didn't even know about so I think this is great learning for all of us to know that whatever comes our way we will triumph we will survive and we will find new ways of being And as a species of animal, we excel at this. We're so adaptable. We're so versatile. And so that is some learning that I'm going to keep and I'm very grateful for. Another aspect of learning that I'm going to keep is that walking around my neighborhood every day is really beneficial for me and for my sense of connection with where I am and what I'm up to. And it helps to center and ground and clarify my thinking and extend my sense of well-being and connection to my immediate environment. So I'm going to keep doing that. Another thing that I have found really helpful over this time that I'm going to keep doing is caring for and beautifying, organizing, (gasps) no longer such an open plan filing system at the Mighty War Mansion, but actually having this daily routine of caring for my very immediate environment has been really helpful too and I'm going to keep that up. I've also been doing something with my social media every day since the beginning of lockdown bubble vision so posting a photo in the morning from something that I'm loving from my day and inviting others to do it and it's been really really popular and everyone's loved it and asked I keep going with it so I am. And so that is something that I have found has worked really well and something that I'm going to continue with. Now, of course, with all this learning, there are also some things that we have found and that now we can let go of. And so some of the things that I have found over this time that I'm now letting go of and returning to the universe are, again, those limiting beliefs or those restricting beliefs about who I am and what I can do and this time again has really shown to me as I hope it has shown to you 
that we are free, we are not defined by our perceptions, that our perceptions can change, can shift, and we are in control of that. And we can, in fact, do anything, and we can, in fact, be anything and feel anything. So I hope this time has really reaffirmed your freedom to you and that you can now enjoy Level 2 even more thanks to Level 3 and Level 4. And I'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kakite. What do you think we can learn from how we've responded to this for the other challenges? Climate change, biodiversity, social justice. All those things that we care about and the human, the, the, the values focus puts us right in the center of. Different people are learning different things and different people have the situation to learn different things. I mean, I said that I'm super lucky because I still have a job and have food on my table and the roof of my head. Um, so what I learned perhaps is about solidarity without, I mean, it, it, it more, I would say, um, a fuller understanding of what solidarity means that it means that it's a, you do not fight only for things that you do not have that you care for but you fight particularly if you're in a privileged position you really fight and help the people that are um, in um, a lesser fortunate position than yours so um, that per perhaps is uh, for me is the biggest uh, is the biggest learning uh, but that is just a personal experience um, to have a, an experiential understanding of what true solidarity means. And you see it in, um, in volunteering, the amount of people that came out volunteering, that is expression of solidarity. Uh, and that's huge. I think uh, when the government put out the call for volunteering for the NHS, couldn't cope with the offer. That solidarity, understanding your privilege and you can give. What's the messaging that they're using to keep everybody positive? Is it a hunker down, there's better stuff to come? Oh, God, I don't know. Got me unprepared because the only message that uh, is stuck in our head and is quite ridiculous is stay alert. They dream, I mean, they, they have, uh, um, when I say they, the, the UK government, um, they have a very, very strong and shrewd and studied way of communicating with the public. And I think they really just go for messages that, particularly if controversial, they're really stuck in the head and they get repeated and amplified in social media. So, uh, so really, they, I mean, in my case, they're doing pretty well because the only message I have in my head is stay alert. And when I say it, I giggle 
because it means absolutely nothing. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I see these big eyes. I, mean, I don't know. I'm a very visual person. <laughs> when you say I am about to stay alert, I see this kind of cartoonish character just emerging from the bush and looking around with big eyes <laughs> and staying alert. So it means nothing. It's ridiculous. So do you know when you'll be going back to campus? That's a, a fantastic question. So um, the discussion that so um, the the campus is closed, still closed, and the only discussion of having some form of um, lab usage is for October. However, um, however, we're working on kind of loosely a scenario-based situation because. Um, first of all, even like the um, use of labs in our in our campus is determined by the capacity to keep it clean, and you can't have the assumption that student will be able to. Or, I mean, even the best meaning in the student, they might not be able to to do so. In addition to that, a second wave uh, in 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 the winter is quite likely. So to answer your question, there is no concrete plan yet. Um, definitely a blended arrangement, blended teaching arrangement are strongly considered. Let's put primal screams moving on up just there. When my skull's exploded. Well, I'm you better leave her. 
Yeah. 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 Cheers, London. Cheers, cheers. So some questions to end with. I think I've asked you some of these before. What's the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? It's not my success. It's a success of a very uh, talented uh, person. Um, sorry for the pause. I don't know if it's appropriate for me to say, but it's the first thing that came out to my mind. So I'm going to pause, I'm going to say it, and then you decide whether you can keep it or not. So the biggest success is, that, is about um, having worked on, uh, on um, a project. I mean, it was my first grant on uh, Values First Software Engineering. And uh, having um, a researcher was coming from religious study to work on this who was uh, uh, very hesitant of uh, joining the project because uh, she thought that software engineering was something that she couldn't really connect with. And I remember begging, <laughs> begging her to, to come and work because I knew she was perfect. And uh, now she, she went on to, uh, she loves staying in, in the computer science department. She went on to uh, to another project that is even more software engineering, and she's loving it. So that's my biggest success. I should tell you that all of my learners get to hear about your the um, Isle of Tyree work and the autism ah, work. Right. That approach to engaging people rather than just going in and sort of saying, well, here's the survey or here is the behavior change we want you to make. Oh, wow. I mean, that's, uh, that is interesting because for me, it has become just the mode of working. Uh, and, and actually, that's one thing I find extraordinary um, is that I noticed that in decision-making at different levels, uh, workplaces and so forth, this basic notion of having a deeply engaged approach to uh, uh, uncertainty, to management uncertainty, to manage a volatile environment is not taking. It's really top down. So we get, I mean, you, you tend to see quite a lot of directive coming from, from the top where it might, yeah, you, it's a skill to be able to, uh, to, to, to to, to take a, a participatory approach to decision making, particularly when you can't share a space physically. But I think it would be worthwhile to, to have a shot. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. So you're in our team of people doing good work in our mansion. What's the superpower that's got you there? The superpower must be excitement and enthusiasm and the capacity to visualize an endpoint. And I try to explain it now. I remember when I was a, um, a very small child, um, say four or five years old, I was very hyperactive and I kept on having ideas. And my father, who was um, um, a, an engineer, 
uh, was getting a little bit frustrated with me having an idea. So he started to say, okay, every time you have an idea, you draw it and you explain to me how you're going to do it. So that became my mode of working. So every time I, I have an idea, I have to jot it down. I have to make it communicate. I mean, I have to communicate it to somebody. At that time, it was my father. I was very stern. <laughs> so, so that perhaps the, the superpower is that I get very excited because somehow I internalize this process that when I see an idea, I can also see more or less the end point. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Oh, I am um, a philosopher. Okay. So, studying philosophy, I learned that to be very um, aware of isms. So, I'm active, <laughs> I'm engaged. <laughs> I do not consider myself an activist. What challenge are you looking forward to in the next couple of years? There is a, a quite, I mean, work-wise, the the, 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 the the challenge that I have and excites me is, um, is about the digital transformation of uh, the mode of learning and teaching in university. And the excitement for me is to see how a university is going to retain its value, not monetary value, but its human value um, after, uh, after the, the pandemic. How can we, I mean, I can see, I'm excited because I can see it as an opportunity to, to, to start ditching practices that are, are not particularly useful and uh, for, for, a collegial life at university um, and uh, and retain that moment of um, and even learning about what is it that a physical space affords to learning that we took for granted but now we understand that is absolutely critical even like in programming I mean I think using the space so well to support intuition to very abstract concepts, and we gave uh, and we took it for granted. I think after a big rush to do it, everyone has discovered that videoing lectures is not the whole answer. Oh no! It's um, this is why I think that the full online delivery it's an emergency, uh, where a blended approach to a properly well designed learning journey is the way to go and um, and i say blended because uh, so if there are opportunity to have like small group heavily mentored type of learning um in a pandemic you can keep them um online but then the idea is to translate everything like back into rich human interaction so and uh, Quite honestly, the big, large classroom never worked. I mean, they say the students want to go to No, they don't attend the big, large lectures, even labs. We have labs where I saw them. They were empty most of the time. That type of um, uh, lecturing and working together, it was flawed. So we can rethink it. 
if there is an opportunity uh, to think really differently, this is it. And uh, say, for example, even uh, in our discipline, we have a curriculum, we have learning outcome, we have to, to, to fit in and things like that. Uh, it's about deciding what of these, I mean, whether we want to work within these constraints, constraints that we have can be loosened and moved, and or should we think about piloting a way of learning traditional single discipline uh, subject in a way that is very different. Yeah. Well, the, the, the clue is to think about outcomes rather than inputs. Yeah. So you're not, you're, not, you're not measuring somebody by have they been to this class, have they been to that lab. You're measuring them by can they apply this knowledge in practice. How how do they achieve that is totally flexible and totally negotiated for each individual. Lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? My advice would be just to hold on to the magic of seeing your friends again and uh, give them hugs in a way that is not flawed by uh, hesitation and, uh, and fear. Mawira, any thoughts in closing? Um, magic, magic's where it's at, isn't it? And um, my kids will come home from school full of stories and hopefully lots of magic stories. This has been such a big transition for them now to be after having been home and now back at school. I hope that there was magic in their day, a lot of magic. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world, brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook too. We've had contributions from Tahu McKenzie and Elise Mitchell. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani. And we've been joined by Mary Angela Ferrario in Lancaster, in the northwest of England. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand On the Air.